This episode is brought to you by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough reinvention. Explore the human-led tech-powered solutions that help you reinvent. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at pwc.com. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow. Everyone's talking about AI. Everyone. But where do you start? How can it actually help your business? The ServiceNow platform brings intelligence into every corner of your company. So every person, every system, every process, everything works better. Put AI to work. Tap the banner or go to servicenow.com slash genai to see how. Yeah, what are we doing tonight, everybody? It's the best show. And my name's Tom and I'm the host. And we're doing what we do each and every Tuesday. And we've been doing this for quite a while, huh? Everyone, my friends out there, and I know I got a lot of friends out there. I see it. Got a lot of foes too, but you know what? All I says to you, champagne to my real friends. What is it again? Champagne to my real friends and real pain to my sham friends. And that. You take that one to the bank, you rats. The rats that still don't like me. What am I supposed to do? You know what? That ship sailed. Why am I chasing after people that don't like me? Why does any why do any of us do that? Why? Why, Mike? Why? I don't do that. All right, then <laughs> zip it. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Get out of here. I don't do that. Studio does it. He's he's oh, a sucker. It. He's a sucker like me. Yeah, I want everyone to like me. Yeah. Well, newsflash studio, they don't. Ah, uh, they all. It is true. Like, this is true. They, they don't all like me. They don't all like you. You know who they all like? Pat. They like Pat. Yeah, they all love Pat. Because he's a quality guy. The rest of us, we all come up short. Married man. And Pat. Pat's not here this week. We send Pat uh, the warmest regards uh, for his new uh, exciting. Uh, development in his life right it's public yeah right there's public I, picture i tweeted about it before he did though okay so but i think right, he was well, happy that's... about it i hope he was happy about it but he tweeted about it it's not some it's it's not some surprise he wanted to... right no pat got pat got married over the weekend very excited to the yeah, i tweeted after studio all right calm down <laughs> i didn't so you wanted yet. me to take the heat <laughs> I didn't tweet about it yet because I'm waiting. Uh, I'm waiting. Uh, I want to do something special for him. I figured I'd let the let you guys burn off your <laughs> low level tributes to him yeah. when I work up the greatest tribute you've ever seen. And I'm no, I'm kidding. I just uh, I want to just uh, say congratulations on behalf of everybody here at the best show, Pat. We all love you, Mindy. We all love you. The greatest two people. And it's no surprise that everybody likes Pat. Pat, Chendon, I say to you, Chendon. Remember when Frank Sinatra would say that? Remember when Frank Sinatra, one of his greatest moments was when Atlantic City opened and then they, I think they wanted to let him keep winning at a table because it looked good and then he wasn't. And then 
I think he had a meltdown or something. Sinatra. I wish I was alive back then. I would have punched him out. You would hear that? that? Be, would that be your rebooted life? You want to know what, Dudio? Jason Dudio Gore? Uh, who I now call... Uh, i to give you a new nickname because we got big changes with the old Dudio too. Yeah. Old Dudio's out in Lipstick City now. I'm a he's resident. A, a LA Lipstick guy City. now. Yeah. He's an LA guy. Lipstick City population just went up too this week. Didn't you hear about <laughs> it on the news? No, he's here. Lipstick City. Now best shows a 50-50 split. With the tie going to Jersey City because of our the beloved, another person everybody loves, Martine. Martine, everybody loves Martine. How are you, Martine? Okay. Martine? Hello, hello. There you are. There I am. Here we go. Everybody loves Martine, and he's holding it down in, Pat, in Pat's absence, and we salute Martine. And we're going to have a great show for you tonight. Tonight we're doing... We're talking about reboots because reboots are everywhere. You hear that the Greece Greece has a reboot. Everything's got a reboot. What are other reboots that are happening now? Frasier. Frasier. Finally, all the questions that I didn't get answered over the 12 years of Frasier combined with the 15 years that character was on Cheers. One of the least interesting characters in history and has been had the most years of sitcom represented. The only thing interesting about that character is they eat tossed salad and scrambled eggs. That's literally the only thing interesting about that guy. Well, you know the twist on the new uh, the new one, right? I heard I heard the twist, and this is this is the kind of inventive, outside the box thinking that only that only incredibly wealthy people can come up with, because they decided. The character of Frazier, who was rich before living in a high-rise Seattle apartment, they decided it's time for this character to be more rich than ever. Oh, goody. What a, what a, what a relatable thrill that will be. The, the, the least relatable character in television history. Now let's make him super rich. Boy, that's a fun. That'd be a real hoot to hang out with that character. Think he's eating tossed salad now? No, I don't think he's eating scrambled eggs. Probably eating a scr- scrambled ostrich eggs or something fancy. Eggs Benedict. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. I'm getting tricolore caprice salad and, <laughs> and eggs Benedict and quail eggs benedict who cares but that's a reboot there's all these reboots going down and we're going to talk about the reboot you reboot i want to hear people i'll say this if you want to talk about different reboots for movies or tv shows that you want to see rebooted yeah call up and talk about that i don't care but if you want to talk about i want to talk to you about a reboot in your life as if that was something you could you could do over you get to do the reboot. You get to do the reboot of your life. Who's in that reboot? Who plays you? What would you change? What would you keep the same? 
201-332-3484 is the number you want to get in on the action with that. Talk about that or whatever else you want to talk about. I'll also talk about tonight Woodstock 99 because there's a documentary out now and the documentary was executed with the deft touch and insight that you that you expect nay demand from a project overseen by bill simmons finally the the uh the fred astaire of of hot takes gets in the act of music documentaries oh goody could you imagine how bad his ipod is he probably well, ipod assuming he still has whatever his playlists are god help me if i ever have to hear i bet you the only thing he would have on it that i would like would be like the cars or something and then i have to talk to him about the cars have to break it to him that ben or is dead for example, like things he wouldn't know. Probably a lot of running on empty, running on. You ever hear okay, go? Oh, you gotta hear these guys. Okay, go. These guys are outrageous. They got these videos so crazy. These videos. So look, he made or executive produced a documentary on Woodstock 99 and Oh, brother, I wish they'd make another because if this is where the story is told, if this is where the story ends, I don't know what to say because we'll get more into it as the show goes on. If you wish. Yeah, I have a few thoughts. All right. All right. (laughs) Take it easy. I can't wait. It was interesting. And wait to hear uh, hot takes McGee over there. <laughs> you can get what you give it a four out of five on uh, you rate it on Goodreads. <laughs> no, I haven't rated it, but uh, it was entertaining. I, I'll give it that much. I'm not asking. Wait, wait. Okay. All right. To tease. I, I liked it. <laughs> That's the whole thing you away. don't realize. That's not a tease when you go. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it was worth checking out. I liked it. A tease, a tease is, we'll find out soon. A tease I'll let is, you know here in a second. What the, thank you, Dudio. Dudio gets it. A tease would be, what does Mike think of it? We'll find out later. <laughs> I like it. What does Mike think of it? I liked it. We'll well, find why out. Oh, wait, like we just, why? Why? Well, maybe I don't want to know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna want to know why. I yeah, think I can. I'm gonna convince you why too. Oh, great. Got that to look forward to. <laughs> so, I welcome you all to the best show, and let's get it going and start the program. Best show. Shows 
<laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, we can do the best show now. Now we can do the best show. Got that uh, under me belt. Right? Mike, you know who that was? A single door? It was, yeah. Best. I listened to your, uh, that was on your uh, favorite songs list. It was, yes. The yeah. one I did for uh, nine. I did nine favorite songs. No, nine songs that meant a lot to me and, yeah. uh, through my life. And that was one of the nine. And that's uh, it's uh, uh, the song uh, there, uh, You Gung from the Sugar S. Sharp album EP. It's good stuff, man. I tried to play the uh, Yoko Ono song at the bar. Yeah. I think I should have listened to it before I played it. Yeah, why? It, it didn't go over well. Oh, okay. It didn't go over well. No. What, did, what, did, what did those chowder heads want to hear? <laughs> A pirate looks back at 40 or whatever that dumb <laughs> Jimmy Bu- Buffet song is. What was that song called? A Pirate Looks Back at 40? That was the, that was the album, right? Uh-huh. I don't know if it was a song. Cheeseburgers and Paradise. Actually, I'm, I'm lucky. I, the bar I go to th- does not seem to have any Jimmy Jimmy Buffett fans. That's you should make that guy walk the plank. <laughs> There's a lot of fans of bad music there, but mm-hmm. Jimmy Buffett isn't part of the mix. What kind of bad music do they like, though? Uh, they, they like all this crappy uh, contemporary country music. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's terrible. Like uh, Scotty McCreary, baby, lock them doors and put them lights on low. <laughs> I don't even know that name. And Eric Church on, comes up. Uh, Scotty it's... McCreary was on uh, American Idol. That's oh, like, okay. Baby, lock no them idea. doors. And he just had the same, <clears throat> he sang the same thing over and over. Baby, lock. <clears throat> baby, lock them doors and get them lights down low. See, I could sing like that. The guy, it's nothing special. <laughs> As long as I, as long as I got to clear my throat before I did it, I could be doing country music, cleaning up. Did, did he uh, ever sing "King of the Road" on American Idol? Because all the country guys typically sing that at least once. The you mean the the uh, the Marty Robbins song? No, it's a Roger know. Miller song. Is it yeah, a Roger Miller I mean. song? Yeah, yeah. mixing up Good my song. Old, old dudes. Yeah, you mean. Uh, Trailers for sale or yeah. rent. That one. Yeah. Room to let 50 cents. I could do that. Maybe I got to rebrand myself as like a country artist. Man, maybe that's a fast lane to some cash. Suddenly I start just going like, <laughs> like I'll just be TC Sharpling. Get like, get a giant cowboy hat. Because, look, first of all, does anybody look less like a cowboy than Garth Brooks? This is the number one country artist of all time. And he looks like a guy. He looks like a guy from a, who who works at a car dealership who went into the cowboy hat place on his lunch break and started trying hats on for a goof. And his friend took pictures. Uh-huh. <laughs> like That's what he looks like. A lot of sweatshirts. Look, I've never seen anybody look less natural in a country in a cowboy hat. Than Garth Brooks and everybody eats it up. Number one by a mile. He used to though. He would wear the country shirts and the. It looked ridiculous. It looked like a Halloween <laughs> costume on that guy. He looks like he's. He looks like the guy. Who, if you if you go get a car at a car dealership, you deal with the car salesman, and then they send you into the finance person, 
that's who Garth Brooks looks like. The guy like, <laughs> Hey, it's uh, my name's Garth. Uh, congratulations on this. Uh, you really like this Kia, huh? And, uh, these are great cars, man. I just want to tell you, these are great cars. And, uh, we're going to work the finance. Package. Yeah, we got the pack. I just want you to know. And then they slide like a, a like a thing, like a, like a, 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 like a laminated thing in front of you when they're pointing with their stupid pen. You want to, uh, we got three options on this right now. There's three plans. There's, uh, there's basic coverage. Now, I know we said it's 10 years, 10, uh, 100,000 miles, but that, uh, is for repairs. That is for, that's for breakdowns, not for common repairs. Now, I just want to, and that does not include tire coverage. Uh, won't let you know. There are three different plans. We have a, uh, a package that covers tires uh, and road wear because anything, you get a nail in that tire, we take care of it. And that's covered here. Like, that's who he looks like. The guy where you're just like, can I just, can I just figure out the financing on this car? Get out of here. I got to deal with this guy. This guy's trying to upsell me now. The last I already I already went to the mat with against the dealer out on the floor. Now I got a, a second one. I got a fight. Was this a weird video game? His wife uh, Trisha Yearwood has a cooking show on Food Network, mm-hmm. and every time we watch it, she's making like tailgate food. Oh, so great. Kristen and I like joke every time we see it that you know that Garth comes in and he's like, "Oh man, football food again." Like yeah. that's the only thing they eat in their household. It's just you think he food. you think he says all oh, man football food. No, he no, goes, he's probably yeah. oh man football food again. He says all oh, man football food again, but not sad. He's not sad yeah. about it. He's hell yeah. He's ecstatic. Oh man, look at those nachos. What's on those nachos now, huh, Ms. Yearwood? Next time you because he has like these weird over formal things. Like he's the second coming of Tiny Tim. All of a sudden, where he's like, he calls like Ms. Trisha. Or Ms. Yearwood. Like, you think you can maybe leave those little green things off next time? What, the little scallions? Yeah. You leave them off the those loaded nachos. Yeah, like, he He's doesn't know that. the name of any of the stuff. He's no, like, can you put more chunky stuff. white on this? Yeah, put the even cheese. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I gotta... Oh, man, I love these nachos. You ever... Uh, Wonder if you put some chicken on top of those nachos, man. That would be good. Yeah, no, Garth Brooks is if he can make it in country music, I think I might go down to the country music's hat store. Or the, the, no, they're just called cowboy hat stores, not called country music hat stores. Go to a cowboy hat store. I get that, I get one of those shirts, right? You button them all the way up. And I'll just like get some like pictures of me with like the hat shadowing my face so you can bear it like me leaning against like a fence. And I'll just do some country. Want to do my song. Uh, maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll, I got to do a cover because those guys always do covers with their thing, right? Like they always got to have some cover. What would be a good song I could cover would be uh, that would be like a pop song, but I'm going to like countrify it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, what if I did, uh, maybe I do that Keen song that I used to sing on the radio. What if I do that, right? Like a country version. Oh, simple thing. Where have you gone? I'm getting lonely. I need something to rely on. It's like some country version of that. 
uh, came across a fallen tree. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get out of this lifestyle and get into that country, country living. And I'll do Country Comfort by Elton John, another another authentic country guy. Yeah, I think that's the road. That's the road for me. I'm telling, I got my cooler. It's filled with Bud Light. I'm hanging out by the, like, I'm hanging out by the lake with the dirty, weird, short beach with the sand is kind of rough and more pebbles than sand and not exactly comfortable. And then there's a weird part where it's kind of like a bay and it's water's pretty stagnant. That's where I'll be hanging out. Lakes. Can't stand lakes. Lakes are gross. Ponds are the worst. Lakes are not so hot. Jump into a lake. I might might jump in a lake at this point with my cooler. Hanging out by the grill. Right. Gonna eat till I get my fill. I gotta get like a pedal steel player. Who'd be a good pedal steel? You guys know any pedal steel players? Pig. Pig. Who's that? Pig Hargis. Is he still out there? I don't even know if he's still alive. Pig Hargis? Yeah, he played with uh, Graham Parsons. And... No, nah, I don't want him. Those records. Suck. You don't want Pig? No. No? No, they're fun. They're, they're good records. Did Graham Parsons go to Harvard? I think, or Princeton, maybe. Yeah, great. Real, real country. Real authentic <laughs> country. Real authentic country. Guy, guys walking down the street in a nudie suit going to a Red Sox game. Hey man, what time the Orioles play? Uh, what time the Sox playing the Orioles? <laughs> yeah. Hey man, you got any more? Got any more of those little crackers for my for my clam chowder? Country, it's time. It's time for me to make a run at country. I gotta find. I gotta put a country band together. Right. Help me get a country band together. Shaq here, spinning fast-acting pain relief for 2024 with Icy Hot. Take it from me. Sticking to your new workout routines can lead to sore muscles. Icy Hot starts working instantly to dull the pain with the icy cool sensation. Then, the warming sensation relaxes it away. Feel the power of Icy Hot's contrast therapy. Ice works fast. Heat makes it last. Icy hot. When Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart, they thought, why stop there? Why not create other exciting and unexpected combinations like rainbows and ropes or fruity and gummy or chewy and more chewy? That's why they created fun treats like Sweet Tarts Twisted Rainbow Ropes, Gummies Fruity Splits, and Chewy Fusions. When you dare to combine, it's sure to blow your mind. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. Visit SweetTartsCandy.com to shop now.
I need some like I need to be again. I will be the weak link in the band. The goal is, I'm the weak link in the band. The band is so stacked, and then I'm just by far the worst one in the band. And then every once in a while, if I'm like singing and I like quick turn around, I can see like like mid lyric. I'll like quick turn around and I'll catch the my band like shooting like rolling their eyes at me. Like, oh, can you believe this guy? Argus Pink Robbins is still alive. He's 83. Right. Let's book him. <laughs> There's a line in Nashville. I think Henry Gibson goes, uh, we can get pig. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get him. I'm going to scream at him. <laughs> you moron. <laughs> you don't know nothing. And I'll pick his pedal steel up, throw it across the room. You get out of my, you get, now you get, <laughs> you get, you dirty dog. That'll, that will, uh, I'll, I'll really be embraced by the country music community. I'll be down in Nashville and be like, I got to leave. And I'm leaving for the airport right now. I threw that. I threw Hargis pig. What's his name? Hargis Robbins. Pig. Robbins. I just threw Hargis Pig Robbins uh, <laughs> pedal steel across the room. These guys are going to come back and get me. I'm going to the airport. I got to. These guys, uh, this is bad news. Mike, I'm being told he doesn't play pedal steel, he plays keyboards. Oh, okay. So tonight we're going to talk about rebooting your life. I want to hear what you say about rebooting your life. Like it cha- change the characters, change the lineup. You you tinker. How'd you tinker a little bit, huh? You tinker. Think you could tinker? Dudio, give me one thing you'd change to re- in the reboot of Jason Dudio Gores. I had to reboot. Um, for the reboot. And I could so just just to set parameters here. If I if I reboot, I don't have to be rebooted in the year that I was born. Correct? Like I could be rebooted earlier. Either we could do either. Okay. Whatever I you want. Just, it's your I reboot. Would, I'd be rebooted as a, as a rhythm guitarist for Queen. So you'd so be, be the, the fifth member of Queen. I'd be the fifth member of Queen. I'd be like named Des or something. Okay. Des Gore, that's pretty good. Yeah, and then I would have, uh, you know, it would be the same thing. You know, instead of four guys writing number one hits, it'd be five guys. Yeah. So I'd have my hits. You'll get your weird song on the Queen album. People are like, "Why is that on there? <laughs> why is there? Why is the like? Think just think about the idea that like, look, Roger Taylor, guy's got a fine voice. Yeah." You're in a band with somebody who has the best voice, and you're like, I gotta sing a few. <laughs> if I was Freddie Mercury, you know what I would do? I'd show up with a drum set. Be great. Okay, I'm gonna drum on a few. So you'd reboot, you'd be, you'd wanna be, what would that mean? You'd move to England? 
or you'd be born in England. You I just would want probably, to start. I'd it. have to be. Yeah, I'd have to be born in England. So this is a whole. This is a, this is an upheaval. Yeah. You're going to be born in England now. Yeah. Des Gore. So I guess it would be Desmond Gore. Desmond Gore. Yeah. No, li- no lead guitar. I don't play lead. I just play rhythm. You play rhythm. Yeah. I don't know about that. That sounds sounds like you're giving yourself a ticket to get uh, bounced. Yeah. Brian May doesn't seem like a guy that would be like, yeah, you could play rhythm guitar for a while. You're good. Dude, you don't take this the wrong way. Yeah. All I can picture with this, you've created, you've created a situation where you get bounced from Queen. Yeah. <laughs> where they're just like, where Freddie Mercury's just kind of like, Des, I want to, like, we need to talk to you, Des. Oh, yeah, Freddie. What? Like, uh, we kind of feel the band's moving in a different direction now. Yeah, a direction without, without Des. And then you'd be <laughs> like, you'd be like, yeah, finally, we got to kick. We got to kick Brian May out of the group. He sucks. <laughs> like that's what you do. You'd immediately try yeah. to like take some confrontational yeah. attitude. You're yeah, right. We like got to kick him out of the band. He's awful. He's always talking about space. So he's talking about space and 3D. Uh, 3D. Uh, uh, he's talking about little those little uh, stereo pictures. Those little stereo pictures from a hundred yeah. years ago. What's that all about, right, guys? Let's boot him out. I'll go tell him. Whoa, 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 Des, sit back down. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I can already <laughs> picture you being like, you'd be like whoever that first drummer in Rush was. Yeah. What era would this happen? Would this happen like right before the game? Yeah, I know. I think it would happen. You'd be, you'd be playing uh, on that first album. Oh, so I wouldn't even make Queen too. Well, but you gotta see. You gotta see. If, I think there might be a few of your songs on the second album. Right, but you'd be you'd like like one of those records where it's like, oh yeah, Des played on three songs on this because they booted yeah like mid mid recording, yeah. And then you're like, I'm gonna show you guys. I'm gonna come back. You got a band called Queen. My band's called King. <laughs> I'm gonna run you out. Yeah, we'll see like who one wins album. this fight. Yeah. One album on like Mercury Records and never yeah. heard from again. <laughs> Why are we doing this to your reboot? <laughs> Why am I doing no, this? That's the whole point. That's what we got to uh, see where it goes. We got to take yeah. the tr- we got to take mm-hmm. the path. Yeah. Well, well, Des, I like it. Martin, any calls? We got full phones. Uh, lay one on me, please. All right. I need to trade in. Hello. Hello, Besho. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. To whom am I speaking? This is Tim. Tim, where are you calling from? Cleveland. Tim from Cleveland, eh? Yeah, yeah. How are things in Cleveland tonight, Tim? Pretty good. They're hot. (laughs) Tim, best band out of Cleveland. I know that's a tricky one, but let's try. Let's try. Um, best band out of Cleveland. This moment in Black history. No, no. <laughs> you got jumping a lake on that one, dude. How about um, screaming Jay Hawkins? <laughs> mm, he's he's great, but 
No, no Perubu that don't do not don't move no needles for you. Oh yeah, definitely Perubu. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's 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 think along those lines, Chief. Okay. So, Tim, to what do I owe the pleasure of this call? Uh, well, I was really interested in the reboot topic. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about okay. your reboot. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I've always loved, um, like, uh, really, really terrible Christmas movies, you know, that seem to kind of reboot the George Bailey story. Okay. You know? That's a wonderful life, and like the like the one with Nicolas Cage, um, Family Man. Yeah, Family Family Man. <laughs> you know, so like you get the glimpse. You know, if, if something, some if something small would have happened differently, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And like the, the I don't know for some reason, like those Christmas movies like make me ball my eyes out, and. um it's just funny to kind of think about or heartwarming or whatever. Like one thing would have went slightly different in your life, you know? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, okay. and like, like, you know, like how, how, how you'd be looking, you know, even though you're the same person and that, that, that kind of thing. So I don't know that, that, that topic just really, uh, um, well, what would you give me some insight? What would you, what would you change? Well, it's not, it's not so much about change, you know, because obvi- I, well, not obviously, but, I, you know, I feel pretty good about where I'm at in life. But um, I do think about, like, that idea of, like, if I had never moved out of the, the town I lived in, which is a very small kind of rural town in Michigan, to Cleveland, you know, like, what would it look like now? You know, if I was still the same person, but living in this very kind of small rural town and... You know, there's just like, seems like there's so much potential in like a story there, if that makes sense. So you'd upgrade it a little bit in that regard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like Cleveland's some, you know, (laughs) crazy metropolis, but for me, from where I came from, it felt like, you know, the big city or something. And sure. So it's kind of, I don't know, just an interesting idea. Okay, no, I'm following you. So, what is that? give me what would and what would that lead to? Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's give me more. Give me a little bit more, buddy. You can do it. I know you got more. Uh, okay, so, so I guess like you know the the idea of um, you know like you, you see you're the Nick Cage character and you're looking back and you know you're still kind of the same person you are, but you're looking at you know the sort of family and friends you grew up in this town that has, you know, a very particular sort of look on life, you know, and you're trying to, you know, be sensitive and conscientious about things as you can, but, you know, it's kind of the same thing when you just kind of go home for the holidays, you know, sometimes you're just like, what the hell, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to kind of look at it, but, you know, so I don't the reboot, I guess, of my life would be kind of, you know, those sort of glimpse moments where you're like, whoa, you know, if I would have stayed here and lived here and how would things sort of change in my head and how would I react to them sort okay. of thing. I know that's kind of vague. But 
No, it's pretty vague. It's pretty vague, but I get it. I get it. Speaking of get it, did you get my book? Did I get your what? Did you get my book? No. I actually, you know, my wife ordered it uh, the week it was um, put out, and our bookstore said it was already in the second printing, so congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And so I'll I have say to this. wait a couple more weeks. I'll say this. This book, thank you to everybody who bought it. It was declared a national bestseller. We're on our way. And people laugh. They when I said I was putting a book out, they laughed. Yeah. They laughed, they mocked me. They did wait, they did. <laughs> no, they laughed, they mocked me. They said this book is gonna be a flop. You're a complete loser. There's no way this no way cares. And I said, I'm going to show you. I'm going to write the best bleeping book you ever saw. <laughs> and then I got one of my, one of my, somebody in the, I'll, I'll say this to you, Tim. Okay. When, when some anonymous person, that, somebody that I don't know says uh, I'm awful and the book's not going to, nobody cares. That's one thing. When somebody in the family says it, when somebody in the fold says it, yeah. somebody on the team yeah. says this book is, first of all, they say it's, they, they start mentioning uh, Flaubert, right? They start going, oh, well, it's no flow. It can't be Flaubert. You're not going to be any Flaubert, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I've had a few then, of those, yeah. Then they go and they give you four out of five on Goodreads. <laughs> as, as if it costs money to do five out of five. As if, as if, there's, some, as if there's some charge to do, give me that fifth star. That's when I says to myself, Tim, Tom, you got to work that much harder. You got to work that much harder. And then look at me now. I look at I, that I list know. of the books. I don't see Flaubert anywhere on it. It's they very inspiring. It really thank is. You. Thank, thank you. Well, they, they can't give these Flaubert books away. <laughs> they can't give them away. I bought, I bought a book, and then I felt that my bag was a little heavy, and I reached in. There was a Flaubert book in it. And I was like, what's this? The guy goes, oh, uh, uh, we're trying to really get unload those. It's like being in a comic book store and they drop that dumb comic book newsletter into your bag. What a waste of, what a waste of paper that is. Here, here's a pound and a half. Here's a pound and a half of, um, of, of uh, basically press releases. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't wait to read it. I mean, I've been listening to you guys for over a decade, and I, I can't wait. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Tim. And you have a great night. All right. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> good guy. Good guy. Good guy. Martin, what lines are open? Yeah, one through five. Give me two and then five, please. Right. If that works for you, that will work for me. You got it. Hello, best show. Uh, hi, Tom. How's it going? This is Sharon in Los Good. Angeles. Pam, what's your name? Sharon. Sh Sharon. 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 S-H-A-R-O-N. Sharon. Sharon. Okay, I thought you said ham at first, Sharon. I'm so and sorry. It threw me. I had to go all the way from ham to Sharon 
which I think is my own shortcoming. So please. Who's to say? Although I will say this, Sharon, Ham's not a bad nickname. You could be Sharon, but then it's like, well, my friends call me Ham. Maybe that's the, uh, the title of the reboot, right? That could be the reboot from Sharon to Ham. <laughs> Maybe. Look, you know, wait, hold on. Sharon, no offense. I'm taking, you can't, you can't use Ham. I'm calling myself Ham now. That's my new nickname. All right, you got it. So, Sharon, to what do I owe the pleasure of this call? Well, I could do the reboot thing, but I, it might be more fun to do uh, Best of Humanity if it's still on the table. Sharon, for you, it is on the table. Thank you so much. Um, well, here's my Best of Humanity story. It comes from back in the punk rock days. Uh, me and friends used to play at this shop called Glitter Death. Uh, in Hollywood, it was like Sunset and Highland, not there anymore. Um, and the proprietor, or one of the proprietors of the store was kind of a, a wacky guy who had some, some problems, you know, uh, but a real, a true eccentric and, uh, pretty fun to be around because he would always get into kind of exciting adventures. Um, but one day he was having a bad night because his pet bird, whose name was Screech, it was like a parakeet, um, had flown away. Oh no. And this is like right dead center Hollywood sunset in the Highland. And this character who I probably should assign a different name to, I'm just going to say Dave cause it's an easy name, right? Okay. So say Dave, it's his real name is more yeah. fun, but he's Dave here. He's Dave. Um, yeah, he's let's, call, let's, let's actually say, let's call him ham. Okay. Yeah. Ham is more accurate. Um, okay. So Dave is now ham. Dave, the, the, the name we don't know, but we went with Dave and now we're swapping Dave to ham. Ham even has like two shared letters. So ham is great. Okay. And, um, Okay, so he's freaking out. This is dead center Hollywood. The bird has flown away. He is under the influence of substances. It was never possible to tell uh, which ones and what the combination was and the amount. Um, but he's also naked but a bathrobe. And this is like a white bathrobe. And if I remember correctly, it was maybe even branded with Playboy. Okay. No, he, he wasn't. He didn't have some little kid throwing little firecrackers around, did he? No, no, no. This was a, no this isn't boogie nights. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. So he's he's running around, freaking out. You know, I'm with a group of friends that has come to know this guy pretty well. Somebody's kind of got to take lead on running around with him because he's running through traffic. I don't think he was even wearing shoes. Uh, so I'm like, I'll, I'll go with him to try to rescue this bird that has, you know, voluntarily flown away, but he believes in his ability to get it back at this point. Like I, I didn't even believe that there was a bird at first because it's, it's such a crazy thing, but he like pointed up to like a telephone pole and the bird is up there. So I'm like, okay, I'll go with you. And 
we're running around through Hollywood watching this bird fly, fly from, you know, high place to high place. Right. And we look crazy because I'm dressed at that point like, uh, I don't know, some kind of budget glam rocker kind of person. So not the most confidence inspiring when, you know, that person's running around with the bathrobe guy. Okay. Um, you know, we're trying, I'm, I'm trying to look out for like, is there going to be a cop that shows up here? Cause this is difficult to explain. Uh, eventually screech the bird lands on what I think was the fourth floor fire escape of a Hollywood apartment building. Um, and I mean, Hollywood apartment building, like you would expect the security to be tight, right? Or, you know, a locked door at least, but somehow we got into this building because this is the solution to the bird being on the fire escape is actually going into the building. And, uh, I don't know. He was, he was leading the way and I was kind of along for the ride on this one because there's not really a good way to deal with the situation of a bird in my opinion. Uh, well, I, I just, I wouldn't know how to do it. So we go up to the fourth floor and he knows somehow intuitively which apartment this bird is outside of. Um, he, you know, runs to the door. This oh, Also, this is like probably after midnight. Uh, I think this is, this is late at night. Um, okay. We knock on the door and the door opens and it's like an elderly woman, um, you know, probably around 70, who, you know, she's opening the door in the middle of the night to a drug-crazed guy in a bathrobe and then me, like, a you know, early 20-something, but with a kind of a punk rock style. Uh, and I tried to articulate as clearly as possible, his pet bird is outside of your window and we would like to rescue the bird, just grab the bird and then we will leave. Mm-hmm. And so this woman is faced with this decision and she talks to her husband who's like watching TV in the other room and says, yes, okay. When I was amazed at this point, like I, I felt like I'd completely lost touch with reality. Um, mm-hmm. But she let us walk through her apartment and open the window, and, like, we might have had to even take out a screen. And the bird is still sitting there. And uh, Ham, and I hope I haven't, I probably have already said his name, but uh, Ham, you know, reaches out, you know, puts out his finger, as you would do with a parakeet. The parakeet hops onto his finger, and we, you know, we thank the couple. We leave, and we walk back to Glitter death with the bird, and that's, as that's far as I know, the bird lived a full life with him. That's a great story, Sharon. What a what a Thank horrible you. situation with a with a nice uh, resolution, and those nice people let you both in to try to track this bird down. I I, I would be thinking that sounds like a a setup. It yeah, it was all. Too we it was it was maybe just that one level too weird to doubt it 
if that makes sense. Sometimes the situation is so strange that it's like you just kind of have to go with it. Uh, and maybe maybe she was just like a really good judge of character and knew that we weren't going to do anything weird. But no, I don't know. I can't make sense of it still. <laughs> it's wow. just a very nice nice person. I like that. St- I like that story, and it shows that people can still be nice and take care of other people. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. Have a great night. Uh, one one moment, please. I would oh, like yeah, to please, say, of course. Um, congratulations on the book. I pre-ordered it. I sadly am not super literate. I'm doing the audio book, and then I'm going to circle back and do the the full thing. But it's amazing. And congratulations on... Thank you. You said National Bestsellers List? National Bestseller. That's what they tell me. That's, That's what they amazing, and congratulations, and you did it, you SOB. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. You have a great night. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm, Martin, next call, please. All right. Hello, best show. Hi, Tom. Hi. Uh, it's Stephen Flowers. Stephen Flowers? Not, not the Stephen Flowers. Not the, the, act, the, the actor Stephen Flowers? That's what I'm talking to you, now? You got it. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, wow. I'm, I, am, I am a little, uh, a little speechless, I got to say. I'm, I'm a, I got to say, I am a fan. Thank you. I just, I like your work. I mean, so many movies. Jeez, off the top of my head, uh, On Unsteady Ground is a great one. Uh, Yuli's Gold 2, Back to the Bees. It's great. Stand or Deliver. Uh, Danny Needs a Dollar. Race to the Top. Doug's Brigade. Man, so many, so many great movies. So what, what's you. going on tonight, Stefan? Well, for, first I want to I want to reciprocate uh, the uh, the uh, the accolades. Um, I want to say congratulations on your book. Um, I hear it's selling like pancakes. Wait, that doesn't sound right. No, it's, it's not pancakes. Hot hot, hot 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 cakes. People say hot cakes. Hot cakes. Yes. It's funny. I've never I've never actually said it before. So mm-hmm. it, it it sounded weird coming out. Yeah, it's hot cakes. How could I have gotten that wrong? It is funny. You never say, like, you wouldn't go somewhere and go, like, uh, I'd like a short stack of hotcakes. No. Ever. No. And to, the, to that point, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't think I've ever eaten at, at an IHOP. Is that what it is, an international house of pancakes? You know, like, once you, once you reach a certain, you know, a certain level of, of, of fame, you just don't really go to places like that. Well, I mean, I could understand you don't want to be uh, mobbed or you want to just maintain some privacy. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if they had, had private, like a private back booth at, at, at IHOP, I would, I would definitely consider it. Um, well, I mean, maybe somebody can help you out with that next time you're next. If you ever get the, uh, the a craving for, for pancakes or hot cakes, whatever you want to call them, um, 
I wonder you maybe call ahead and see if they can help you out with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have my assistant Bree look into that. Um, okay. Look, so, so I'm calling because I wanted to get up with you and really pick your brain before we start shooting in September. What a shooting? What are, what are you shooting? The flagrants. What I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's the movie version of your book. Come on. Well, there's no, there's no. That's. I mean, that's. There, there's. I don't. I've never heard anything about a movie. There's no movie for for um for my book, which is called "It Never Ends." Not what you just. What did you say it was? The flagrants. No, there just isn't. Well, isn't. there there is. Uh, Shout Filmworks uh, bought the rights to your book back in February, as far as I'm concerned. And my agent, Rupert, he got me signed on to play you in June. And as I said, things are on track to shoot in Saskatoon in September. Saskatoon, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, regarding the title, you know how this goes. You know, some, sometimes the studio has to change the title either because there's already been a movie with the same name or, or, or it just needs to be snazzed up. Um, in this case, it was both. Uh, it turns out there, there was a 1974 Hal Holbrook priest romp called It Never Ends that tanked at the box office. And also the title of your book tested very poorly with 9 to 13-year-olds. So, uh, you know, a, a change had to be made. Well, that's a, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I didn't realize that, uh, first of all, I didn't realize that I had given my book the same name as a Hal Holbrook movie from what you said, the early seventies or. Yes. Yeah. He plays, uh, you know, he, pl- he plays a, um, uh, kind of a down and out priest who, who, you know, has like a, one of those skid rally, skid rally, skid row kind of, uh, you know, churches, and, and basically he's down, he's as down and out as, as the people that come to his church, and, you know, over the course of the movie, he kind of gets his groove going, and they, they, he ends up uh, starting a very successful softball team with his uh, parishioners, and they go all the way to the California finals. With a softball team? Yes, yeah, they're called the Padres, of course. Okay, well, that sounds... Fun. I don't, it was called "It Never Ends." I, I didn't know anything about that, and and also that it tested poorly with. You said nine nine to thirteen years old. Yes, and uh, that's all anyone's going for at this point. Adventure has its own style. It's made of tall trees, unpaved trails, and at the center, the most capable Subaru Forester yet, the 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. It comes with 9.2 inches of ground clearance paired with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and advanced dual-function X mode. Discover adventure on a deeper level, the 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. To explore all you can do with the rugged Subaru Wilderness family of vehicles, visit Subaru.com wilderness. This episode is brought to you by CarMax. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because CarMax believes you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car they sell has CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Start shopping now at CarMax.com. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I said, obviously some, some changes had to be made. And, um, um, you know, I, I've got some questions for you that will really help me portray you the best I possibly can. Um, I want to I wanna just inhabit Tom Sharpling. So, so if I may ask you some questions, is that okay? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, I know you grew up in a zoo, but were you actually born in the zoo? And if so, I'd love it if you could describe your cage and the color and the texture of your loincloth and what you fashioned it from. Also, I'd love you to describe in your own words how it felt deep inside when you gnawed your way out of the leather chains that the evil zookeeper, Mr. Morris, attached to your upper and lower haunches before you slashed him in the throat with those giant finger knives and escaped into the night to wreak havoc upon an unsuspecting world. Uh, this is, I, I gotta say, I'm a little thrown and, a, and a li- more than a little upset by none of that is in the book. None of that is true. That is, I, I was not born in a zoo and I did not live in a zoo and I was not, I was not confined or bound by leather restraints uh, 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 holding me by my haunches. That did not happen. None of that. uh, Hmm. What is, what is, uh, uh, Stefan, what is this movie? It's the flagrants. The flagrants. Yeah. Well, you know, what's what's exciting about, uh, about this picture is that for the first time, in his 50-year career, Trent L. Strauss has teamed up with a co-writer and a co-director, and his name is Robert M. Zombrowski, who you probably know as, that's right, Rob Zombie. So it's Trent L. Strauss and Rob Zombie? Yes, how exciting is that? And also, here's another layer that you're going to love. The music, yeah, an all original score by Jesse Dayton. By who? Jesse Dayton? Oh my God! Are you kidding? These songs are going to be as good as anything he's ever done. Like Daddy was a badass, uh, hurting behind the pine curtain, possum ran over my grave, uh, Holy Ghost rock and roller, talking. Walk in Texas trash. I'm at home getting hammered. You name it. It's going to be a classic soundtrack. Well, this doesn't sound like a great fit at all. This, the idea that Rob Zombie and Trent L. Strauss, horror director Trent L. Strauss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know what? I mean, they're, they're, they're calling this the world's first bio slash. Bio slash? Yeah, yeah. It's part biography, 
part slasher pick. How exciting is that? Okay. Well, that makes sense. How exciting? It's not very exciting at all. It's heartbreaking. That has nothing to do with my... And you're playing me in this? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're talking like this thing is going to be the next Tool Belt Killer franchise. Okay, and I mean, but it doesn't sound very flattering. Well, I don't know. They're saying it's also going to be, it's also going to bring in at least as much as Exsanguination Station did in uh, uh, 2017, I believe. And that was a very popular movie. Huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, um, getting back to the script, I have a couple more questions. The um, the grunting noise you make when you go into one of your sick, perverted, flagrant rages, um, in the script it's described as a rabid seal in the throes of some kind of horrific, gross, sinful ecstasy, but I want to know how you would describe it. There is no such grunt. I don't know what that is. Well, is it more of like a like a grimace, like a or a, uh, wait? Do, do, so, and this is a sound I supposedly make. Uh, in the script, it says you do do it, so I assume it's in the book. Not in the book. It's nowhere near the book. There's no sound. It's not in my life either. Okay. I don't make some well, grunt, some grimace well, grunt sound like a seal. Uh, well, I've heard a couple so far in this conversation. So, no, no, you, no. Um, no. Okay, all right. Well, all right. So, all right. Next question: When when you weren't prowling the New Jersey night for victims to satiate your flagrant bloodlust, um, you lived in the murky depths of the Jersey Pine Barrens. And in, in the script, it says you ate snakes, uh, badgers, and wildebeests. My question is: Would you eat them raw, or would you fashion some kind of crude spit to cook them over? Some sort of crude spit to cook. No, I, I never ate wild animals, and I didn't have any bloodlust. Ever? I, well, I think Ever. we all have. Really? What? No, no bloodlust. I've, I've, I've had it. Okay, well, good for you, Stefan. I, I have not. All right, okay, okay. Don't bite my head off like you did those uh, wildebeest and badgers and snakes. See, but, again, um, you're... you're you're digging in on something as if it's true. Well, it might be for all I know. It's in the script. Oh, it's not in my life, though. All right. Speaking of now, look, I know that that I know screenwriters need to punch up and embellish stories to make them more fantastic and outrageous. And there's one scene in the script that I'm 100 percent certain Trent and Rob made up because it's just completely unfathomable to me that it could ever happen on, on planet earth. Um, so, uh, <laughs> the story, the story, I'm sorry to even bring this up. It, it, it involves you chasing Patty Smith into an elevator and asking if she ever saw humble pie. Well, that actually is in the book and that's actually true. Oh, no! Hey, what's going on there? Stefan? I heard horror sounds. Oh, jeez. Stefan, did we lose him? I guess he's... Oh, man. 
Wow. So anyway, I saw this Woodstock 99 thing the other day. And I don't look, I, I've been, I've been kind of like a, I'm kind of a 99er is what they call us. Right. Kind of fans and, 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 uh, uh, whatever obsessives with Woodstock 99. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts about it. Read things and track down. It's, it's, it's very fascinating to me. So then when this documentary comes along, lo and behold, I'm like, well, this is, this is uh, tailor made for me. I start checking this thing out and look. The footage will always be great and horrifying and awful and terrible and interesting and crazy and all that. I can't help it. I, I like it's a, it's a, it's a story of greed. It's a story of, um, uh, uh it's just a story. It's a really, it's a story of greed. And it comes down to, uh, well, first of all, this John share, this guy, this guy might want to look into this, getting on one of those Elon Musk spaceships. I don't know if he, I don't know. I don't know if that's a home on earth for, uh, John share anymore. He did not do himself any favors. A lot of hot takes coming from that clown. That guy always had his name on every ticket in the tri-state area. John Share presents. John Share presents. Well, the only thing he better present is a a, a seat on that next uh, that next Jeff Bezos uh, space shuttle. No, he he's a gross he's a gross creep. He should be ashamed of himself. Um. Yeah, some of his things were just rare. It was just repulsive. And um, and that other goofball, Michael Lang, who produces the the Woods, he produced Woodstock '69. The 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 guy who's like he's like the the he's like the carny involved with Woodstock. And then they put this Woodstock '99 together, and they they got so twisted because kids would push the fence down and climb into the show for free after also after they sold hundreds of thousands of tickets they sold that's the other part they 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 conveniently don't lean into that part that they sold so many tickets beforehand that they got the money for and then they always say that they just got like they lost all this money it's like well no you didn't lose money that's just money you didn't get there's a difference. You didn't get the, all the money. Some people snuck in for free. You sold, still sold plenty of tickets. That is not losing. That is not money you lost. It's just that you did not get to keep all of it. So then their big, their big plan, because I guess it happened in 69, the fence got pushed down, happened in 94, fence got pushed down. Their bright idea is, well, let's hold it at a, at a, at a uh, abandoned Air Force base, which is basically just like a prison yard. 
not not factoring in uh, the little things like shade or grass that you might need over a three-day period or readily available water that people aren't bathing in the drinking water because it's so hot. And then these clods also are just like, well, let's book every super aggressive act on the bill along with Elvis Costello and James Brown. And then they're like, well, there's a hundred acts on the bill over a hundred acts. They got a whopping three women. One, one each day, Cheryl Crow, Alanis Morissette and Jewel. Well, that's a nice, that's a nice tribute to women. And then, so they got all these meathead bands there. And look, new metal, that was not my scene when I came up. Obviously, it wasn't. It was the worst stuff I ever heard. But I get it. I get the appeal. It was dumb, it was dumb kid, kid, kid music. It was dumb kid music. And look, I've done some writing. Who said that? Somebody want to say something? So, so yeah. So, what's that now? Who's there? I was just turning the mic on to say I don't think anyone said anything. Okay. But ironically, you said something. I did that time. Isn't that ironic? It is. Don't you think? Yeah. One of the three female artists to play. Woodstock 99, a little too ironic. Uh, yeah, like, I really do think. It looks like they were more on the emerging artist stage, though. You know who else played the emerging artist stage? <laughs> I did. John Entwistle. <laughs> That's it. If you, if, you needed inform, if you needed any insight into how messed up the booking at Woodstock 99 was, the bassist for The Who, John Entwistle, played the emerging artists stage. What is first of all? What was he getting? Four hundred bucks and and uh, some some pizza coupons. He got tickets to the show. Yeah, Boris the Spider. This documentary is not. It's not great. It's loaded with people. It's nonstop. They're they're blaming everybody for this thing. They're blaming everybody. And I'm going to say this, mark it down. My boy, Fred Durst got done dirty by this documentary. Durst done dirty. This John share, first of all, they show footage. This Woodstock site was a garbage dump within, within 18 hours. It was a garbage dump and they have these press conferences and somebody's like, so, uh, there's a garbage everywhere. And, uh, People aren't picking anything up. He starts screaming at the person. The person's like, I could get for a hundred dollars an hour. I could get people to come in and pick his stuff up. He goes, I'll pay him a thousand dollars an hour. Why don't you be part of the solution? Well, this is, this is not a charity. You dope. This is a for-profit endeavor. How about you take care? They, these guys 
John Scher and Michael Lang, they ran this Woodstock 99. It's It might as well have been an old-fashioned 70s disaster movie with them cheaping out. Yeah, we don't need actual uh, trained authorities to help help uh, keep things calm. We don't need a place that has grass and shade for the people at the in late July. They were just going for the bucks on that, and they put together a bill that that bill should have just been called Lunkhead ninety nine, and then it would have made more sense. They're rubbing peace and love in everybody's face in that thing. And of course, they're going to push back. They, they had a bill just uh, catering to mutants. But when people would be like, oh, Limp Bizkit started the thing. They, they played a day before any rioting happened. A full day before. Might as well blame Rage Against the Machine. They played closer to the thing than uh, to, the, to the rioting than uh, Limp Bizkit did. And Fred Durst is doing break stuff, of course, he's doing it. Then you don't, if you don't want that on the bill, maybe don't book it. Maybe don't book the guy that sings break stuff. And worst of all, and I'd like a little confirmation from somebody. If somebody can pull this or we'll, we'll maybe we'll play it later. Um, they, they cut out the other half of. They cut out the end part of what um of what um Fred Durst said to the crowd. He was like saying, "Help people up. If somebody falls, help them up." But they cut all that stuff out. They leave all they they leave the angry part in. But they cut the they cut the the less angry part out of it just to make the case against Fred Durst. Come on. Who wants who want, who wants to say it? anybody wants to talk about this? I agree wholeheartedly, Tom. Yeah, it's John Share. Yeah, J- John Share blamed him. The other guy blamed uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I mean the place was already lit lit on fire. Yeah, they they played the song Fire. Yeah, but I mean the fires were well underway by that point. Yeah, they're trying to make it as if like they as if uh, uh, Anthony Keys blinked his eyes and the fire started. Exactly. He's the fire. He's not. Hey, uh, last time I checked, he's not. Uh, he, he he ain't in prodigy. He ain't the fire starter. <laughs> last time I checked, Anthony Keys ain't the fire starter. He ain't what, Keith what? Flint. Last time I checked, Anthony <laughs> Keys ain't Keith Flint. His name's Anthony Keys, not Keith Flint. He ain't the fire starter. <laughs> I see. Were they on the bill? Uh, I, don't, I don't. No, know. they weren't. I'll Would say this about Limp Biscuit. Yeah, that footage. That footage of, of the crowd reaction once he started break stuff, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Well, the the, the, you know, the truly crazy footage, I, I agree with you, but it's when I think you might be when Corn started playing. It's the I've never seen a crowd reaction anything like that. It is literally an ocean of people yeah. going off, and that was on Friday night. Yeah, when it was like it went like this. Mike, it goes and look with corn with Limp Biscuit. I was more worried about that bass player. That bass player seemed like he was he was he was coming out flipping the bird. He was in a he was in his own weird headspace. But when corner playing, it's like 
oh, you. And the crowd just goes up and down like it. I watched that footage so many times yeah, over no. the last bunch of years. <laughs> yeah, they, they go nuts for corn. But I, I just thought what, what happened with, with Limp Biscuit was like, I, I thought that should have been in uh, Koyana Scotsy. You know, they're just showing like a, a crowd reacting to something like in, in a massive wave. What should it have been in? Kiana Skotsky. You know, the uh, the uh, Philip Glass thing and with all scenes of, of just people. Why did they have him play it? Why did they have Philip Glass play it? <laughs> Was he at the emerging artist tent also? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> there's just there, there's, there's scenes of crowds in, in the movie. And, and that was just a crowd. I've never seen a crowd like that, you know, not live at any of the shows I've ever been, even all the films I've seen of concerts and stuff. I just don't think I've ever seen a crowd react to music that intently. Mm-hmm. I mean, corn, yeah, they go crazy too. I almost worked a corn show, but the, uh, the rain came down. Mm-hmm. They, they ended up canceling the show. So I, I missed out on that, ex- that experience. Yeah, well, it's John Sher said stuff like, "Oh, well, the I blame it on the ladies for walking around yeah. wearing nothing." It's just like you had no problem with the dudes walking around; they're half naked. Also, it's just like he's bad mouthing like, well, MTV, like he got bad PR. Yeah. So I guess that's what he, he he agreed to do this movie. He's gonna he's gonna uh, you Even know renew, renew his reputation. Yeah. He ends up digging a deeper hole. I mean, yeah, he that was a classic fail. John, John Sher, first of all, they show him he's interviewed in some some hole in the wall. Never trust anybody if they're being interviewed and they have a record. They have a record shelf behind them and they can't even fill it with albums. You can't even trust that. You can't trust that. There were empty bins in that record wall he had <laughs> back there. Let's strike one, two, three, four, and five as far as I'm concerned. Uh-huh. But then he's moaning about these like, MTV is saying we got to, th- it's like a war zone and stuff. He's trying to make it as if these kids were getting ramped up because of what MTV said. They weren't watching MTV there. They weren't watching it. No, like, no. oh, well, let's, well, I got to hear what Serena Elchul has to say. Like, as they're sitting down, like, uh, I think, uh, I, 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 they wonder if Dave Kendall is, uh, there talking about stuff. It's like, these kids are not, they, they were not taking their orders from MTV on the grounds. They cheaped out. They got, it fell apart. They got tagged and they, and it, it was bad. But the thing yeah. is so much of the stuff, I'm sure people did have plenty of fun there, but there was plenty of awful stuff also that like, I don't know. It just was one of those things where it's like, it sounds like I'm quoting Limp Biscuit now, right? Just one of those, one of those days, right? He said, <laughs> she said, right? Uh, no, but it's like um, they should just they those two those two guys should just if the world was a more just place, John Cher would would this week be getting out of Rawway and could go to one of the motels on Route One to watch the special. To watch this show about Woodstock 99. He'd just be getting out of jail now for Woodstock 99. Now that guy, that guy's a bum. John Cher. <laughs> I wish we would have got a little Val Green and uh, Willie Nelson. They, they were they were on Sunday that day too. 
No, they started. They're also yeah. to blame. Yeah, I blame <laughs> Elvis Costello. These are the people I blame. And Elvis for the Costello, ride. yeah. Elvis Costello. Where's the bill? Who's on the bill? What's on the? Can you send me? The, the, do, do, I got do, it right the here. Sunday I'm, bill. Yeah. I'll text this to you. I think it starts off with Al Green, then Willie Nelson. Yeah, no, they both they're both complicit in this. <laughs> it doesn't have the timing. It just tells uh, what days they were on. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I also sent you something else, Tom. You might be yeah, interested. No, I, in. I, I almost threw up when I saw that. Yeah. So let's see the lineup. Sunday. Looking at that emerging art. Look, I think the, the one you blame, John Entwistle, played the emerging artist stage on Sunday. He might be to blame. So this is the this is the order of things. Because they had two stages that were a mile apart. So you have people walking for a mile on this hot concrete. Spitfire, Mike Ness, Willie Nelson, Brian Setzer Orchestra. Blame the Brian Setzer Orchestra. <laughs> baby, baby, looks like we're going to set some trailers on fire. Our Lady Peace, Rusted Root. I would have rioted to get out of there with a Rusted Root playing. Everlast, Elvis Costello, Seven Dust, Collective Soul, Jewel, Creed featuring Robbie Krieger, yikes, Godsmack, Megadeth, and Red Hot Chili Peppers, Megadeth, boy, uh, Dave Mustaine, he's, he's rode hard and put up wet. I thought I thought it, I thought it was a I thought there was a trailer for Bad Grandpa too. I was like, no, that's Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. Also, this documentary blames everyone on earth. They blame Napster for some of this stuff. Some yeah, people, was... some, some things do deserve to get blamed and then created a, a weird part of the culture, a toxic part of the culture. Other things you're just like, like, yeah, Napster didn't have a whole lot to do with any of this stuff, but they just left that clip in so they could get the. Dave Mustaine moaning about uh, Lars for the eight millionth time again. <laughs> oh, Lars, you think you got enough money yet, Lars? You think you got? Calm down. Okay, you got you got booted out of Metallica eighty-one years ago. How long are you gonna? How long are you gonna keep this alive? When did you get kicked out of Metallica? Eighty-four. Yeah. Yeah, eighty-four. Maybe, maybe an eighty-three, actually. Yeah, but it's just like what? It's like eighty anything. Yeah, early 80s. 
<laughs> he got kicked out of Metallica. And then he was so punished by the universe with his huge band Megadeth that were just not as popular as Metallica. Because it's like, tell tell me um, the Megadeth, he, the guy can't write songs. He's an awful songwriter. And there was what, also in these documentaries, can these rock, rock, rock critics, you gotta, you gotta ride the pine for a while. I want to hear from, I want to hear from people. The one, the one writer was blaming uh, the, 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 the rave tent or whatever. I was like, come on, it's rave tents, not to blame, whatever. Studio, did you see it yet? I have not seen it yet. And I, I, I feel bad. I really need to see it. This is like right up my alley. I almost went, but I, I just backed out at the last minute and some friends mm-hmm. went. Did you guys, do you regret for not going? Because you were kind of close to it. Well, I'll say this. Well, first of all, Mike didn't go. Of course <laughs> no. Mike didn't go. Not my cup of tea. I think that's his scene. Yeah, it's not my, it's not, it's not my cup of urine. <laughs> you um, wouldn't go for like the string cheese incident, no. Mike? Well, this, this is no. what I want to say, Dudia. Yeah. And you take this to the bank. Anybody ever invents a time machine? <laughs> I'm going back to Woodstock 99, and this is the plan. Oh, you know who was there, Mike? Mickey Hart. Was he? Mickey Hart played on Saturday. He played the uh, Mickey Hart and Planet Drum. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll say this. I will go back in time, Woodstock 99, and I'm going to go back with a taser. I'm going to go back with a taser <laughs> and some plastic handcuffs, and I'm going to start round, rounding up the bad guys. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and, and then I'm just going to bounce all over the place. Cause I assume if I went back in time, I can also teleport amongst the grounds. And, oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to walk the mile. No, I'll just be bouncing all over the place. You can just blip right into Buck Cherry's dressing trailer. Oh, Buck Cherry. And then one of the trailers, when, when they start setting stuff on fire, trailer is going to be filled with all the bad, the, the, the uh, assaulters <laughs> and the creeps and the villains and the, the, the criminals. They're going to be trapped inside that trailer. Help! It'll be like a uh, midsummer. Would have been funny if Mickey Hart heard about the guys banging on the drums. You know, the drum circle yeah. that started in the middle of the crowd. Yeah. If, and then if he kind of joined them. Yeah. <laughs> they brought him out there. They beat it, old man. <laughs> he heard the call. No, 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 no. No, no, no. What corn song is that, Dudio? You know that stuff. No, 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 no. Does the guitarist in corn always wear that face paint? No, that's Limp Biscuit, Mike. Yeah, that's Limp. That's West. Oh, that was Limp Biscuit. West Borland, Mike. That's see, they're interchangeable. They're interchangeable. No, they're not They're not. (laughs) To you, they are. To you, that'd be like if I told you that Fish and Grateful Dead were interchangeable. Yeah, don't. But the guy in Limp Biscuit wears that face paint all the time. Yeah, West Borland. Well, he always does different. A whole lot of different things. He's got the puts bucket of chicken on his head. That's bucket head, Mike. I like. Yeah, they're all interchangeable to me. new metal mike it's disrespectful <laughs> to new metal next thing you know you're going to tell me you don't know the difference between uh five finger death punch and uh limp biscuit oh i am so, learning um, a lesson one of the bartenders is big on that stuff mm-hmm. 
Avenge Sevenfold. Avenge Seven, yeah, yeah that's a little yeah. later. Um, I saw some guy on Twitter was like, the reason I got out of the, I got out of the best show as soon as Tom started talking, saying nice stuff about new metal. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Bye-bye. <laughs> I don't have to tell you. <laughs> I'm supposed to tell you. He, he's waiting all those years. You finally yeah. got to it. Yeah, I finally got to new metal. That's the final straw. He had Uh had enough, but God bless him. God bless him. Everybody's welcome on the best show. You come on back. You come on back when you're ready, my friend. And the thing is, you will come back. You know why? It's the best. We're the best here, and we're ramping up. Dudio just sent me this thing. Nine Garden State Parkway service areas to be renamed after iconic New Jerseyans. Now, this just breaks my heart. Montvale, James Gandolfini service area. That's cool. Brookdale North, Larry Doby server. Who's Larry Doby? I have absolutely no idea. Let me look it up. I thought you guys would know being Sons of Jersey. It doesn't ring a bell. Is he an athlete? Uh, he was a uh, uh, um, baseball player. All right. Okay. All right. Larry, good for Larry Doby. Brookside South, Connie Chung service area. Connie okay. Chung. That's the best one. Fox Hall, Whitney Houston service area. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, cheesecake. Uh, is that how you say it? Cheesecake? Cheesequake. Cheesequake. <laughs> uh-huh. Bon Jovi service area. Uh-huh. Monmouth, Judy Bloom service area. Fork River, Celia Cruz service area. That's fine. All right. Atlantic, Frank Sinatra service area. That sucks. What do you go to that one? You get roughed up a little bit. They're not even really sort of putting them in the you areas they're associated you with. You need right? some help in the service area. <laughs> you need some help. You think you're a tough guy coming in our service area? Oh, um, Ocean View, Tony Morrison service area. That's fine. There's only one missing here. Well, first of all, where's Bruce Springsteen? Right. Yeah. Bon Jovi clipped him. Where are the feelies? Well, the Feelies have a service area. Where, to, where about me? Where's about Tom me? Sharpling? Where's the Tom Sharpling service? Thank you. The national bestseller. National bestselling author from New Jersey wrote a book, basically a tribute to the state of New Jersey. Where am I? Where's my bleeping service area? I don't want it. I would turn it down anyway. No, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> Has Channel 12 <laughs> been in contact with you, Tom? No, nobody's been in contact let with me, me. Let me Mike. see if I can get Channel 12 to... Channel 12. Yeah, Cablevision. Come on. Is that a Bayonne station? No, it's the New Jersey Cablevision station. What are we going to host movies or something? What are we going to no, be a it's, horror you know, host? They, it's, it's all things Jersey. Welcome, the Ghoulie. And tonight we're going to watch The Shawshank Redemption, one of the <laughs> new classics. Welcome, the new classics. And uh, I never saw this one, but he climbs out of a toilet from what I heard. Blind, uh, Hugh Huggins, Hugh Goggins is saying it's the song, corn song is blind. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, they go off. I gotta, I gotta. Limp Biscuit are playing out here. I might have to go see him. <laughs> John Solomon just messaged me and said that Larry Doby broke the color barrier in the American League. Oh, then that's great. So. Congrats! Happy Larry Doby has a rest awesome. area. That's 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 pro- proper honoring. So, where is Limp Biscuit playing? 
um, ironically, they're playing the Bon Jovi service area in Cheesecake. <laughs> no, I don't it's know. I gotta, I gotta look yeah. into it. Good amphitheater. Right. Um, Martine, got any calls? Let's do. Let's go for another twenty or so minutes. Right. Twenty. I gotta. I gotta. Uh, again, your guys. Your guys hanging on by a thread here. I've been. I've been. I got a full time job. Full time plus. And I'm doing all this book stuff. And I'm doing other stuff. I'm run down. I just don't want to get sick. That's all I'm asking. And I'm doing. I'm doing the tret. The tret. Double tret. Lay it on me, Martin. You got it. Thanks. Beshow, hi. Oh, hi, Tom. Uh, this is Lydia in Brooklyn. Hi, Lydia. How are you? I'm good. I'm calling because I called you uh, six weeks ago. Um, I called you uh, and told you that I was super pregnant. <laughs> Um, and I'm not pregnant anymore. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the next day I went into labor and then the day after that I had a little baby. And oh, so that's I thought fantastic. Bless, bless, blessings. Nothing but blessings to you and your family, Lydia. Thanks, Tom. Um, there yeah. And for your yeah. baby. So we ended up, um, not naming him Tom well, little Tom, so I'm sorry about that. Nah. <laughs> I knew, I knew him. it was coming. <laughs> what's the, and what's my the partner really wants me to tell you that we named him AP Mike, but I really don't have the heart to no. even make a joke about that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we named him Joe. We have a little baby Joe? boy named Joe, and he's almost six weeks old. That's great. That's so great. Yeah, are, you having, great. are you having an amazing time? We're having a good time. I called tonight because I just, we couldn't get him to go to sleep. Uh, and like, I'm not usually even up this late, but, uh, he wouldn't go to sleep and wouldn't go to sleep. And then I realized that it was Tuesday night and was like, well, if we're awake, let's just call Tom. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> a few days after he was born, uh, your book arrived in the mail. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're getting tired of uh, people telling you how much they love your book. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sick of it. I can't handle it. Please, the last thing I want to hear is you saying nice things about uh, the hardest thing I ever did in my life. No, of course, it's very it's very sweet. You, I'm glad you yeah. enjoyed it. We're loving it. My uh, partner read it first. He read it mm -hmm. in like <clears throat> two days. Um, and I'm reading it a lot more slowly. I'm halfway through, but I'm also loving it. Well, great. Well, people say yeah. people say they're really enjoying it, and some people are saying it's so good that they'd even give it four out of five uh, stars over at Goodreads. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> four out of five? You sure you go that far? Yeah. Well, some people are tough customers, you know. No, a little tough. It's tough. Hey, look again. The next book is going to be called "It's No Flow Bear." <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's fine. Look, everybody does what they do. I'm very proud of the book, and I'm happy that you enjoy it. And um, you should be proud. It's wonderful. It's so it's uh, it's it's really different than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, nobody expected it. Nobody expected. Nobody expected it. it. Every, yeah, everybody thought it was going to be all just just breezy. But I was like, uh, uh 
Is I said it from the get go. I said it from the get go. You're gonna laugh, then you're gonna cry, then you're gonna laugh again. But when you're laughing now, you're just cheering like Rudy. I said it from the. I said that a hundred years ago about this bleeping book. <laughs> it's I true. I had it all it's- in my mind the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that was not a, you wouldn't want a name. Look, it's not too late. Joe is an amazing name. I have a, a couple of Joes in my life that I love to death. Yeah. But just the, this, it's not too late. It's not too yeah. late to switch. The kid doesn't know his name's Joe yet. No, I don't think so. He has no idea. <laughs> so you want to yeah. give a, a, a name, Tom, you think about it, just think it, just give it a thought. I will give it a thought. I will. It'll stay on our uh, our backup. Tom put list. a Tom put a book out the same year that your blessed little bundle of joy was born. Seems like it's all lining up. I there know, I know. That with the uh, the call the day before, it all kind of is like really makes you think, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Deep stuff. No. I'm so happy to hear that. Congratulations. Thanks, Tom. Please send um, me a picture. Please send me a picture. Okay. How do I do that? Should I email you or something? You can email me. Yeah. You can email me. Okay. I'll, I'll figure out how to do that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not hard. It's out there. Okay. Right, I'll thank you. Thanks, Tom. It's good to chat with you. Yeah. Same here. Good night. Good night. Woodstock 99. Elvis Costello comes out. He's just like, uh, was there something you wanted to do? Or he's like, watching the detectives. Boom, don't, don't, don't. Fires everywhere. Don, 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 don. I feel like it's his silence is deafening on this one that Elvis Costello has not come out. John Cher. Well, that dude right at the sun, right? What a, what a goon. Next call, please. Hello, hi, Besho. Hi. Hi, to hi, whom Tom. am I speaking? This is Kay from Fargo. How are you? A K A Y. K-E-L-L-Y, Kelly from Fargo. Kelly, how are you? Kelly from Fargo, how are you, Kelly? I'm not bad. How are you doing? I'm good. To what do I owe the pleasure of this call, Kelly? Well, first I want to tell you that I really, really liked your book. Um, I got it a few days after it came out, and I stayed up until 4 o'clock in the morning to finish it. And I never, I never do that anymore. It's been years since I've stayed up to, all night to finish a book. Oh, that's so, so sweet. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Did you laugh? Yes. Did you cry? Yes. <laughs> Did you laugh again? Yes. I told yes. everybody that's what it was going to be, and it is. Well, thank yes. you, Kelly. Yes, and now Very we're listening kind. to the audio book. So. All right. I I, that was a, that was its own that was its own challenge. Yeah, I bet. So, uh, what brought you to the show tonight, Kelly? Well, um, 
I was just, I was kind of thinking about the reboot idea. Well, mostly I wanted to tell you how much I like the book, because it's, I don't know, I've never been really able to tell an author how much I liked his or her book before, and I don't know, I just wanted to do that. And uh, I also Let me also just say, I'm going to do, I just want to say before you go on, Kelly, but you're making me think, if, speaking of talking to an author, I'm going to be doing something on Thursday that I'll tweet about called talk shop or something like that talk shop live where i'm going to be talking taking questions from people and you can get the book and all that stuff so Ooh. that's thursday that night if good. you're a if you're a fan of talking to tom check out talk shop yeah. figure figure what that is out i'll tweet about it but uh, yeah, i'll be on there is. and people can talk yeah 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 well I was also thinking about your reboot idea. Um, yes. I'm not a big fan of reboots myself. Um, okay. But I was thinking, except for the Twin Peaks one, which really wasn't a, a reboot, but that was the third season. But yeah, that was, a, that was just do, more, more of it. More, yeah, that was just more of it. Um, I was thinking if I had to reboot my own life, I wouldn't change much. Like, I'd change all my family. I wouldn't change all my family because I love them and all that. I probably would make myself a mystery writer in a town where there's no murders or violent crimes. Like, that would be the challenge for the, for the writer's room to come up with crimes that had, like, no violence to them or were just kind of odd. So you want to be in a, wait, so explain, you want to be in a town with murders? With no murders. With no murders. Oh, you, you don't a, like a murder. a mystery writer, kind of like Jessica Fletcher. Okay. But no murders or violent crimes. Just so you're solving crimes. things like stolen bicycles and things like that. More interesting than that. But that would be the challenge of it. Giant bag of cocaine. <laughs> I, suppose, right. I suppose that would work. Someone put cocaine in the school pizza. Yeah, that would be a big crime. That's what you'd be trying. And I'd have on. more cats. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Counterfeiting is always the way to go. In so many mysteries that don't want to have murders, you'll notice an inordinate amount of counterfeiting seems to be happening. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, in real life, be- it's like, how much counterfeiting is really going on around here? Right. It would be exceedingly hard to do well. Counterfeiting. Imagine that. What was that? Imagine counterfeiting. What do you find? Some You find those. We found the plates. They're always just like, we got the plates that they're <laughs> pressing. They're printing the money on. It's like, oh, okay. You found the plates. Okay. No, uh. Nothing about the, the uh, that paper and the ink that all is like very specific. Like that's all. So he's just, we got the plates. Yeah. It, maybe it would be, maybe it wouldn't be a very long series. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah. we got it. I think, I hope you get to do this someday and solve some crimes. Yeah. That's the only thing I'd change. Yeah. All right. That's an exciting yeah. reboot. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Also, I just want to tell you, you know, take a vacay if you haven't yet. Yeah, I got. It. I got to figure that out, Kelly. Thank you. You. have been a bit worried about you. 
They'll all run me down. They'll all, Kelly, they're all going to run me down. And then they're going to be like, oh, I didn't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. You know what happened? Y'all ran me down. Y'all right. ran me down. That's that. why I'm, yeah. They all ran me down. Old Tom's got to stay healthy, Kelly. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. Just like uh, Bobby Rydell said, I got a lot of living to do. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Right, well, you you have a grand evening. I appreciate the call. Yeah, you too, Tom. Okay. Bye, bye. Bye. Hey, Tom. Uh, Mike told me not to tell you this, but uh, you should take a vacation. Oh, that's nice. I appreciate that. Mike said not to say it. But Mike said, but he but he wanted you to say it. I know Mike well enough. <laughs> Look, I know Mike. Mike, I know Mike cares. And I care about Mike. I know. Mike cares. Mike cares. Uh, and I also want to say, apmike.bandcamp.com. Head on over. Check out the stuff. He's got all sorts of things up there. He's got the Stromboli files, his new, uh, his new thing about whatever that is. Um, no, it's taking a break, Tom. I'm, gi- I'm, I'm giving you the playing field. Oh, well, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. He's clearing a path. <laughs> the marketplace is mine and mine alone. Did you find the sentence I brought up last week? I did not. You did not? Okay. What is it? Page 202. Yeah. I'll read it. I don't want to miss it. This is the thing Mike was saying. Mike said to me last week, oh, you're never going to believe I found the sentence in the book that that's that is gonna is outrageous or whatever whatever it was. What was the what no, was your I, it, it's I would also tell the ten year old me that in five short years Oh yeah, I knew this was the this sub shop I didn't know this was the one <laughs> would be a video store and the owner would have to have no problem renting porn tapes to him. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, that tracks. I started rubbing my hands together, I'm like, here we go. You know, it's gonna get juicy now. But you, you, you teed it up and you left it there. Is, is there another book going to delve further into that? Uh, no, there won't be. No. <laughs> no. Behind the beaded curtain. Tom at 15? Yeah. Behind the saloon doors. <laughs> Did they have swinging doors? They had saloon doors, yeah. Saloon doors. <laughs> Did they have the neon sign? No, it was a normal video store. Now, let me, I, I got to get all these details. All right. Take, no, you don't. You, you really don't. You really now, don't. I mean, it, it, it's a cur- to me, it's courageous. You know, I, I I wouldn't even have thought this of the, doing that. This is the this is the courage. This is this is the portrait of the PT one oh nine, JFK on the PT one oh nine. This yeah. is your Sully and moment. Me floating around a video store as a kid, seeing what. Now, I this is in your hometown, with. right? It's not in a, a different town. Yeah, no. So so you go in there. You just you know, did was it like the beginning of two thousand and one? The music started when you were in the inner sanctum. You know, it's like I'm, I'm here, you know, and and then I mean, nobody told you like that, like word didn't get out that this guy would rent tapes to people. You just did this on your own. Yeah, Mike. What, what do you want me to say? This is this is your crown. I know this is you're in you're in heaven right now thinking you got me. You think no, I'm not, you, it's not a gotcha you're, moment. You're, you're, no, this is a little gotcha. I, I, th- I think, it's, it's that, I think gotcha there's, there's some fun behind this. Oh, no, no, that's fun. That's fun. I put in the book for a reason. It was a funny, weird thing. Uh-huh. And where you, you know, I mean, you were renting tapes. You're not buying them. I'm not buying them. I was renting my huh. rented normal movies, and you, you see what's in that weird, in that room. 
<laughs> Take it easy. And you never ran into anybody who knew you. Oh, no, I ran into all sorts of people. Of course, I didn't run into anybody. Well, I knew. you know, you took a risk. That's why I'm saying it was a courageous act. Yeah, well, I appreciate you recognizing my courage. Did you have any favorites back then? We're talking the 80s, right? Like, no, I had no favorites back then. Ginger Lynn. Calm down. Calm down. Crispy Where, how do I hang up on this guy? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I, I can bounce. I, can what I do you hang think up of Mike Corner's, Corner's comedic stylings? How do I mute him? Seriously. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny mute. story, though. I, I, I think you'll appreciate this, Tom. <laughs> come on, come on. I, I got a funny story. I think you'll like this. <laughs> Who unmuted him? I don't know. He unmuted Some, somebody. Himself. He unmuted somebody. himself. <laughs> no, seriously, tell me the story. Wait, did I unmute, uh, unmute him? Let, him? let him talk. I'll tell who, a who funny story. All right. I'll tell a funny story, and maybe you'll have a funny story in, in response. Mike, I told a funny story. It's <laughs> called my book. It never ends. <laughs> yes, but you, I, I feel like you could have you could have went went further on this. Yeah, I could so have anyway, gone in a hundred different directions with things. Ay, ay, ay. So anyway, I, I you know I I would rent tapes from a place nearby, and this is yeah I wasn't fifteen I was I was legal age. And um, as a goof, I rented, do you even remember? I, I, it's, it's, it's almost forgotten now. Flesh Gordon. No, I, I mean, I've heard of it. It's yeah. just like when you hear of like adult parodies. I don't yeah, know. Never yeah. Saw yeah, I remember it. One, one, of, one of the worst genres, adult parodies, right? So, so as a goof, I rent this movie and it's terrible. You know, it's, it's unwankable too. I mean, you know, you, you can't watch that and and do what you want to do. All right. You're, you're so, so treading on thin ice. <laughs> I know you think you're being funny. <laughs> no. So anyway, you're, you're, you're heading toward, you're about to get on that space shuttle with John share. That's going right at the sun, Mike. <laughs> so anyway, you and I got to get this tape back. You know, there's deadlines, right? They, you know, you have to get the tape back or you're going to get charged another day. And at the last minute, I, I see I've got about five minutes. I got to get this tape back. I was eating a slice of pizza or something. My hands were greasy. So I grabbed the tape. I throw it in the case. You know, I'm thinking, oh, I should have cleaned that off. I take it to the, the place. There's a very attractive young woman working there. She takes the tape out of the box. She feels the greasy, you know, on the tape. She thinks she's getting a sticky tape back, right? Flesh Gordon, of all things. Oh, so I can't get into yeah, a conversation yeah. to, with her mm -hmm. explaining that I couldn't do it to that movie. You know, you can, just can't do it. So she makes a face. And um, I had to live with the shame of thinking this woman thought I did it to uh, Flesh Gordon. So, Tom, if you uh, hover on the three white dots, <laughs> you can click mm -hmm. on uh, remove or put in waiting room. Okay, we might gonna set up a waiting room, Mike. Now, God bless you for that, Mike. Come on. You don't have one one Mike, little anecdote your from show, your days, you know, when you were Mike, a Mike, brave young man. Mike, we did it, Mike. It's in the book. <laughs> Had nothing to do with Flaubert. Nothing to do. Yeah, go, go. You, you and Flaubert go off and get your jollies. Next call, please. Hello. Hello, Beshow. Hi. Hey, Tom. This is Brendan calling from Los Angeles. Brendan from Los Angeles. Do I know this, Brendan? No, you don't. We've never met. 
All right. Well, welcome to the show, Brendan. Thank you. Thank you. How's it going? Ah, oh, it's great. Good, good. Um, so I'm, I've got one for the topic. Okay. Really? Um, what do you got? So, like, I, this is it's it's a bit of a it's a bummer. This story has a bit of a bummer in it. My my mom in um, 2018 got she had metastatic brain cancer. And I dropped everything in my life to drive to Ithaca, New York from Los Angeles to um, take care of her for seven months. Um, I wasn't doing much with my life at the time. I was kind of like, I'm a courier for, for uh, food delivery services on my bicycle. I was living near downtown. Um, I, before I hadn't had much of a career doing customer service, you know, I, I have a theater degree. I, I played men's roller derby and um, put money into threw money into improv classes, as we know that all that costs a lot when I lived in New York. But um, the experience of after she passed in July, um, I drove back to LA and I, I I took two weeks driving back to LA and I saw a bunch of friends in a bunch of cities, and then when I got back. I took a couple months and um, because of the interactions with my mother's nurses, I thought healthcare might be something. I've never been a science person, but um, a lot of the nurses had made the transition into healthcare in their 40s and I'm, I'm, I was in my mid-40s. Um, okay. And so I enrolled in uh, community college. I took... Uh, Right in the winter semester, at the beginning of 2019, I took uh, a um, anatomy class, a six-week class, and I aced it, and I took all the prereqs for that, and um, worked my way through that, and um, I applied to nursing school, and I just got in, and I'm starting in August, and I'm, I mean, I know this is just the beginning of a really hard part, but I'm, I'm in nursing school, and I'm I'm going to become a nurse if everything works out. Well, Brendan, I want to just say that's pretty impressive. And I tip yeah. my hat to you, especially going into a field that has been such a, uh, uh, a hot button uh, field with so much drama surrounding it. You went towards something at a time yeah. when some people have been struggling with that field. And I think that is awesome. And congratulations. Thanks, Tom. Uh, yeah, I, I, I put, I, it was crazy driving across the country with both my dogs to see my mother and, um, yeah. And then my, oh, when I got back, my dad passed too. It's been a crazy two years. He had dementia and his, I know it's, it's, I'm sorry to, I don't mean to be flip about it, but you know, when you go through, I I know you're not being flip about it. I know what it's like when you go through things, it's like, you're just coping with them, but it sounds like, and people think. You, if you sometimes there's a thing with when things happen that if you feel like if you don't sound despondent like you're not being respectful for the for the uh, uh, the magnitude of of the uh, the event, but I know what that is. You're li- you got to live your life and process the things at the same time. So right, you're not. I, I get it. You're not being you're not being flip about it. You're you're yeah. being you. 
yeah, it's it, it's like you've, I've, sometimes you've cried all the tears, and then when people ask you how you're doing, you you want to show the gravity, but you're not. You're just not. You know, you like forging fire a bit. I, I know that's a cliche, but no, it's true though. There's a reason why it is. The reason there's a reason why it is because it's a truism that happens to people when they go through things, and you're you going through a thing does not mean you are only showing your res- your respect or love for for whoever you lost just if you don't break down that doesn't mean any sort of lack of caring or love or anything it's a, it's a, it's just like just remember you know how they would want you to be living your life and that's what you're doing yeah mm-hmm. right you're you're doing yeah. a great thing brendan you're you're honoring through your actions you're honoring uh the family members you lost the, the parents you lost and and i really do feel for you buddy I really appreciate it, Tom. Um, I got, I was fortunate enough and I know this is, it's like a fortune. It's like, uh, it's a blessing and a curse to be able to hold both of your parents' hands when they die. You know, mm-hmm. oh, um, I, I even though we had complicated and, and, um, I was able my dad, I, the crazy story is I drove to see my dad when he was dying in the hospital and it was like a sepsis thing. And it was during COVID. It was, uh, November. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, this might be my last chance. I drove to Northridge from like central LA and, um, he died within the hour of me getting there, which oh, is kind of crazy. It was it. a whole, it was a long story, but yeah, it, uh, a lot of crazy things happened in the week leading up to his death. But yeah, but yeah, um, I just want to say thank you for the show. Uh, a lot of, a lot of my driving across the country was spent listening to the best show wow. at times. Well, wow, I'm so glad the show could be there for you. That means a lot. And you, uh, you just keep doing your thing, buddy. You're, you're, you got an exciting next chapter coming and I'm thrilled for you. Hey Tom, thanks. I'm, I'm glad I could call in and share it with you. Yeah, of course. You call anytime. All right. Go Knicks, by the way, go Knicks. Thanks. I hope now they don't I mess really it up too much. It. Now I really <laughs> like I'm just hoping they stay. It's like, this is the first year I don't truly have anxiety about the team. And I feel like we're in, we're in the going in the right direction and we keep we'll, the guys yeah, we we'll have. See. We've been here before though. So who knows? I just I felt that, that you I got felt, a place in my heart. going to be how many times have I felt this year? Oh was, my God. This year was all right. Next year is going to be really even better. And then you turn around <laughs> six bad years again. Um, Tom, I've got a, I've got a Frank Milikina Jersey. If that says anything about okay. well, <laughs> uh, you, you're telling me everything I need to know about you, but <laughs> All right. Well, you take care. Let me know how the how the new gig goes, and congratulations again. Thank you so much, Tom. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Martin, who do we got? Any more? Yeah, we got full phones. Full phones. This is it, though. Okay. No more. We're gonna move fast. Oh, hi. Hi, best show. Hi. Hi. Uh, this is Simon. Hi, Simon. How are you? I'm doing good. Can we put Mike on a vacation for a couple weeks? Uh, we'll see about that. What do you got for me, buddy? Oh, uh, yeah, my reboot. I'd like to, uh, I, I think I would have liked to be in a band, really. Maybe something. What, you would be in a band? Like, what would band, what kind of band? Kind of garage rock, punk rock. I'm kind of on that sort of kick right now. I mean, realistically, I'd be in any band. I, I would manage a band. You'd manage a band, eh? I'd do anything. I'd be the fifth member of the Wiggles if I had to. That'd be pretty sweet. Be a Wiggle, be one of the Wiggles. Yeah, 
What color? What colors are they? Red, yellow, purple, green? I don't know. I don't know what the Wiggles colors are, but I'm going to assume mm-hmm. you would wear them proudly. I would. Be an honor. Yeah, you'd be like my friend Dez, who was in uh, he was in Queen for one album, Rip. and then uh, he got booted out. He started a band called King, and they did not do very well. So, and then he made the show King of Queens. Dez, I mean, you're, well, you're not Dez. You're what's we're you're a Simon. Simon. On that note, <laughs> I'm going to say good night to you. Thank you for the call, my friend. Thank you. Have a good night, Tom. Okay, bye. Next call, next call. What do we got? Hello, Besho. Yes, hello, Tom. Yes, hi. To whom am I speaking? Hey, uh, it's Drennan. Drennan, wow, that's a blast from the past. How are you, buddy? I'm good, sir. How are you doing? I'm good. What do I owe the pleasure to okay. what do I owe the pleasure of this call? Well, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a fellow uh, 99er, and uh, yeah. I just I I wanted you know I, I watched the documentary and um, it, I mean what a what a mess, but uh, you can't turn it off. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to look away with some of that Woodstock '99 stuff, but I like when they're like, "Oh, Kid Rock played all the instruments," and then you see him, he's just like barely playing drums, and then he's like, <laughs> like. <laughs> The most perfunctory scratching on a on a on a turntable. Um, yeah. Any takeaways the, I didn't get to? Well, yeah. The, the um, I you know they they do the Ken Burns kind of thing where they they introduce a character and they're they're talking about the guy, but they don't ever you know you you, you notice they're not ever talking to him, but they're mm-hmm. giving you his notes. From, yeah, from, I mean, like, that means you know the, the person's no longer with us. I knew that. I knew uh-huh. that guy died because he was. That's that was the centerpiece of of a uh, of a, a Woodstock '99 podcast series. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I I haven't seen that, but yeah. the the notes that he would keep were they were like I I mean I knew it was coming. They were going to reveal, so I felt bad about like laughing at it. But I mean, it, it, you know, it was like. Any artist that wasn't fronted by a white guy was like, um, don't quit your day job. Kind of like snarky, what would be internet comments now, but he was just keeping them for himself, I guess. Yeah, look, the guy was being wildly respectful in his private journal, so I can't be too hard on... Um, <laughs> he was being he was being kind of sweet. He's like, look, my mother said if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything about White Clef Jean, who... To be fair, was abysmal. <laughs> Him playing the Star Spangled Banner on the guitar is one of the dumbest things that's ever, we've played it on the show before. It's one of the dumbest things that's ever happened in the history of anything. I, I had never seen the footage where he's struggling. He has another guy helping him light it oh, on yeah, fire. You, you like remember when Jimi Hendrix did it and some other guy ran out with a can <laughs> of lighter fluid and then they threw a white label album sleeve on top of it to try to get that to catch fire? Just like just like Hendrix, I've never so, seen anybody work harder to prove that they're like like for a rebellious act, like they're mm-hmm. to prove that they're like dangerous. Yeah, that was a something else. So, you, what else you got, Drennan? Anything? No, that's it. All right, great, this great is a great call, buddy. I'm so glad to hear from you again. 
thanks so much, Tom. Um, uh, take care. All right, my friend. I will talk to you Bye. soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Next call. Next call. Burning through them. Oh. Hello. Hi, Hello? show. Hi. Hello. Who's this? Caitlin from Rochester. Ah, uh, my 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 friend. Yes, your friend. friend. Some would say my frenemy. Well, I would say friend. Does that matter? Well, I'm just nice to know I have a friend. How are you? Oh, it's my birthday tomorrow. Well, happy birthday. It's very Thank exciting. you so much. What are you going to do for your birthday? What are you going to do? I am in Brooklyn, and I'm going to go to the Brooklyn Museum in the morning. Oh, wait. I shouldn't say where I am. I'm going to a museum in the morning and then a botanical garden. Nobody's going to be able to find you. You could literally say the time you're going to the museum. Nobody's going to find you there. I'll be in the red hat at 1215. Wink, wink. You better better, uh, wonder if Fred Durst is there. They're going to think you're both the same person. I would only hope that I get mistaken for Fred Durst, the amazing director of my favorite John Travolta film. He has directed more movies than I have. He's doing something right. I'm doing something wrong. Apparently, you should take some tips from Fred Durst. I just, I very well might. He's very successful, and I, he, not, I'm just rule. he gets things done. Whether they're good or not, that's up to you. But, Look, I just feel like that guy. Look, of course the guy's a clown. I know that. You don't think I know that? But he's creative. It's about the creativity behind the clown. He's he's doing, he's living his life. He's living his life. He didn't start no Woodstock 99 riots. Hey, he's happy with who he is, and that means something to him. Yes. All right. You're you're coming on a little too hot. You you scare me even when you're being nice to me for once. Oh my God! I, I don't want to scare you, Tommy. Tommy, so you had to. You this is this is this is the dance <laughs> right now. You 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 go from you sound you sound you sound um you sound a little sad that you maybe you put your foot in your mouth and then you call me Tommy four seconds later. You I am a nice girl. I'm sure you are. I I you seem very nice. I didn't say you weren't. You've got that a tone you're not in your the voice business. that makes you sound like you don't think I'm a nice girl, okay? You no, got that's that all tone. on you. That's, you. that's you projecting that. I never said anything. I've, I outright just said you seem like a very nice person. All right. All right. Well, it is my birthday tomorrow, so did you send yeah. me anything? Of course I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. What? I didn't know it was your birthday. Don't act outraged either. What? You didn't send me anything? I don't know you. I ordered your book. I'm still waiting for that signed thing to come. Okay, it will. You think I'm mailing them out? It, it's not going to make it in time for my birthday? Well, it might not. I don't <laughs> know what to tell you, Kate. You're going to have to just trust oh. it's going to show up. I'm going to put my trust in you this time, okay? Well. Oh, I want to reboot my life, though. I called for the topic. I want to reboot it. Let's hear it real fast. Oh, I want my life to be the same except Walton Goggins plays me. That's amazing. That is perfect. I think you just won the evening with that. Right on the eve of your birthday, you pulled it out. Yahtzee! Indeed. 
Y'all have a good indeed. night, Tom. You have a great night and an even better birthday tomorrow, Kate. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Final call. Hello, Beshow. Uh Yes, I have a uh, true story supernatural experience that is uh, Best Show related. Let's hear it. What's your name? Um, my name is Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. Have um, you ever met Garrett? What's that? Have we met before? No, we have not. Okay. Well, let's hear um, the story, Garrett. I'm intrigued. So, um, yes, I um, I was working at this. Uh, who, is, is this Tom? Yeah. Is this, whoa, okay. You're on, I was, You're on the show, Garrett. Wow, okay. I was uh, I was expecting a screener, but um so I was working at this bar that um well, I mean this is probably about like four or five years ago now. Um and uh it's closed down now, uh but it it was in this old house and um everyone claimed that it was haunted by this old woman and I didn't um you know, I didn't necessarily like take that much I took it with a grain of salt, but like there was one night, uh, I was closing up and it was after a busy Saturday night service. Uh, I had closed down the upstairs about one thirty. Um, I had closed down the whole bar at two thirty, and I was like, it's about three o'clock AM. And I was like counting all the cash out and I was blasting the best show. I was just like, after busy Saturday night service, I was just like, cooling down, just listening to one of my favorite shows, just trying to get a few laps in, uh, winding down, and the best show was really loud. Um, but then directly above me, I hear three loud bangs, just like boom, 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 just very deliberate. And the only things that could have like fallen were chairs, and they wouldn't have made that noise. Um, I, I promptly, you know, shut off the show. I turned on some like soft piano jazz, <laughs> did the money cleaned up as, and got out of there as quickly as I could. I mean, time I closed up after that, I just, you know, was listening to soft music, but, um, there's other stories about the bar, but like, that was the only, uh, best show related <laughs> experience I had, but it was really, it spooked me. Um, you never I figured that, out what they were. No, I didn't go up, and, you know, like, the next day, no one, like, said anything that, like, you know, no one said, like, oh, this and this fell upstairs, or, but it was really three clear, distinct booms directly above my head uh, while I was closing out the cash register at the end of the night while I was listening well, to that. That's horrifying. Well, I hope, I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad the ghost uh, didn't get you. Well, I, I thought with, uh, you know, the uh, Billy, right? The, uh, went full yeah, Annabelle. The vaptriloquism. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought I would, uh, now would be a good time to call in with this story. That, uh, oh, it's, 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 it's a supernatural show. Maybe we're going to head and start doing coast-to-coast type stuff. And it'll even oh, be I, an even better fit. <laughs> I grew up uh, listening to Art Bell. My mom <laughs> played that for us as kids. All the time. Yeah. On, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> 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 
Anyway, I just uh, wanted to share oh, that my with friend. Tom. I appreciate that call. Thank you so much. I'm glad you're okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, live to tell the tale. All right. You have a grand evening. You as well. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That's it. A lot of calls, a lot of fun. I want to tell everybody thank you for listening. We had a great time. I appreciate all of it. I appreciate you, Martine, for the work you're doing. In Pat's stead, congratulations to our friend Pat. We love him. We're so happy for you, Pat. And I says to you, listening, thank you, Dudio. Thank you, Mike. Maybe uh, next time you do a story, Mike, you, you tighten it up a little bit. You keep it. You don't. Uh, doesn't have to be a. Uh, doesn't have to be a, a trip through uh, the, the, the the to through through the 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 mind of Larry Flint. But um, I wish you all the best. <laughs> and I don't even know what that. Oh, I know what that is. And I'm saying good night. Bye.